We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, Knicks Nation? Alex Terrace here, a.k.a. the Tradicaster, back again with another Game of the Week preview. We got the New York Knicks facing the Miami Heat this Friday for an in-season tournament game, all right? It will be the third for both the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. Knicks are trying to make sure they can stay in this running to be in the knockout round. And they're going to need to take down the Miami Heat in order to do so. And who better to help me break down this game is none other than Brady Hawk, lead writer for Five Reasons Sports. When it comes to covering the Miami Heat, this man's got the inside knowledge. This man's got the knowledge to be a coach. I'm waiting for him to be a coach one day, okay? There's nobody else I know to make Spolstra upset during a presser during a presser because he knows the game plan, okay? So make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys and make sure to share these, the links to this video and make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. You get up to, use a promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match. All right, let's get this thing rolling now. Now that we got the audio fix, we're back up on screen. Let's get it going. Brady, how are you feeling today, man? What's going on? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Who better to have on to help me co- to cover this game than you? You've been uh, you gave us the inside knowledge during the playoffs. All right, as I said, you, you gave Spolster a hard time. Mm. We love your analysis, man. We love <laughs> your analysis. So thank you for coming back. And to start this thing off, man, I need to know what do you think about the in-season tournament so far? Okay, before we really get into this game, what do you think? What are your thoughts? It's tough to say because I don't even think a lot. Most the probably more than half of the players probably even know what's going on. They're just playing they see there's a different court they know there's some type of incentive they know there's some type of meaning to it but I think a lot of them don't even know what it is exactly uh I mean the money part of it I think is an incentive in itself for a lot of just uh you know maybe not the top guys in the team that obviously already have their money but you know there's these other guys on the roster that you know your your vets and everything are trying to win this for like they're trying to get you for for everybody and trying to make money for everybody so I think the money part of it it's kind of an incentive in itself. I think from Miami side, we know about, uh, you know, Jimmy's always talking about that type of stuff in terms mm-hmm. of the money aspect. So maybe he's going to try a little extra hard just because of the fact of that incentive. So we'll see. But I, I mean, the court's a little weird. I mean, it gives a different type of feel to it, but we'll see. I feel like it'll, once you get like one under your belt of kind of it, you know, the final stages of it, then we'll kind of get a full evaluation. For sure. I agree with you. I think it's too early to really tell. I just know that there's games, as you said, different court. I'm waiting for the knockout round, man. That's where it's really going to come, I feel like, into play where we get the quarter semis, finals, and all that stuff. Then I, then we'll see if there's what the meaning is to it, you know? And maybe, you know, I was listening to Doc Rivers talk to Bill Simmons, and 
you know, there's for some people, there's that added pressure of like, oh, you finally win like a trophy. There's some belief around that around for the league around that. Like maybe if you ha- are like a coach that hasn't won anything or you take a little bit more seriously or maybe like a players like for teams that, that haven't gotten anything yet. I was good. I would say Philly, but they're out of the running now after last night. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what it really means, man. Once we get down there, but let's get into this game, man. Let's let's break it all down. What's your takeaway for the Miami Heat so far after making the NBA finals coming into the season? Yeah, so they had a rough start to the season uh, after, I mean, an absolute flurry of months of just absolute rumors that we talked about daily. They run back the same team with a couple different tweaks, uh, and they did not have a good start to the season. Obviously, it was like one in three to start the year. Uh, Kind of felt like things were going to go downhill pretty quickly if they didn't figure it out. Uh, Tyler was playing well, but that was pretty much about it to start the year. He was getting his points, but it wasn't kind of getting wins. And then they went on a run. They went on a seven-game winning streak. I think they're eight and one now in the last nine games. Uh, they're kind of finding, you know, actually more than half of this run has been without Tyler. Uh, but they figured out different things similar to the playoffs. Like they rely on ball movement. They rely on their defense. Uh, the big thing is Jimmy was kind of non-existent in those first four games to start the year. He mm. did not seem like he was going to be. He was even out there uh, preseason. He did not play in, so that was almost his preseason. It felt like. And then he's now kind of turning it up a little bit. And you're kind of seeing him kind of hit these different strides, kind of taking over games. Uh, and Bam's consistency has been huge. But you're kind of seeing on paper, you're, you're saying it's the same team coming back. You lose Max Struess. You lose Gabe Vincent. But then they bring a guy that you, I think a lot of people are familiar with is Duncan Robinson right back into his prior role. And his jump this season has been insane. Like he has made mm. strides back to – He's not a three-point shooter anymore. He's doing stuff in the lane. He's doing stuff with his passing. He's doing stuff. He's closing games. Uh, so they have these different pieces. And the last piece that I think was going to keep catching people by surprise is Jaime Hawkins, who's their draft pick. That has been nobody even really in Miami expected him to play this early on, thought he'd be a rotation player. And he is a kind of a top rotation player for this team. That is just really an offensive hub and a defensive stopper for them. So uh you know, they needed this win streak more than anything. I think just for the mental side of things, I'm not even talking about record or standings. They just needed that part of it. Uh, so, you know, they're catching fire at a good time because last year they found themselves in a hole, obviously, that we know of when they found themselves in the playing tournament. So uh, good to catch that they caught stride early on. But I think it's more so about the fact that they have actually some pieces and role players that are playing above their heads. And I, and I agree with you with Duncan Robinson. We kind of saw that in the playoffs, though. Duncan Robinson just driving, yeah. finishing layups, kicking out, stuff like that, not just being that sole three-point shooter. And that's definitely helped him get back on the court. Um, but you mentioned Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, guys that you lost this offseason. Do you see that hurting uh, the Miami Heat this year? Honestly, no. <laughs> it okay. sounds crazy to say because if you look back at their regular season last year, they were not very good. They were just not very good for them in the regular season. Their their shooting was was atrocious. They were just very inconsistent. Uh, but the playoffs, they stepped up and played really well. So credit to them. Uh, you know, Miami's actually playing Max Drews tonight, so that'll be a, a funny storyline. But they uh, they had their ups and downs, and I think it's more so about consistency. And as much as people hate to hear it about what the Heat do, they they just find ways to just plug guys in in a way where they just try to get a specific skill set in a specific spot. And they have found different ways to kind of plug that in. So uh, yeah, there was big shots from Gabe in the playoffs. Yeah. There were a big play. It was a big play in game for Max Struess to get them into the playoffs. But I think they believe that they can find that type of game or two in somebody on this roster. So I don't think in the long run, it's going to be, we're going to be sitting here talking about, Oh, well, 
they didn't get this far because it was without Gabe and Max. I think they believe they have enough at this current stage. Now you say you believe that they have enough. The rumor that we heard this entire offseason, I'm sure you're tired about talking about it. I only imagine we we as Knicks fans went through it with Donovan Mitchell the last season, so I want to get your take on it. Damian Lillard, he was rumored to go to Miami. That was a destination of his. It didn't happen. Are you like what's what's the thought after not getting Damian Lillard? Was there upset amongst the fan base? And then for me, I thought that you guys should have gone out and got Drew Holiday as like a good second, like second place, like opportunity because he fits what the Miami Heat do. You know, good defense offensively like during the regular season he's there I know he struggles in the playoffs but he seemed like a good guy that would fit that type of culture so what was your whole thoughts for the aftermath of not getting Damian Lillard yeah so I think there was a lot of confusion because it just was all the way linked to Miami the whole way and it was just about kind of bartering that all of a sudden Milwaukee came in out of nowhere and look we we did a podcast on it every single day, a Damian Lillard podcast on a Miami <laughs> Heat channel every single day. So trust me, if there was anybody that is was absolutely confused, it was us because we were sitting here talking about a guy that wasn't even on the team. Uh, the Drew Holiday part I'll start with because Miami really likes Drew Holiday and Jimmy Butler really likes Drew Holiday, so I'm totally with you. But after what happened with the discussions and the, and the fact that they wouldn't pick up the phone and you know they were going back and forth and playing hardball – there was no way after Portland traded away Damian Lillard to another team that Miami was going to be able to realistically get in the hunt for Drew Holiday and pick up the phone again and go back and forth with this team. It, it was just really unrealistic. And I've had people bring up to me, well, the third time, part three, they're going, what if they go out and get Malcolm Brogdon? And then I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> there's no way after what just happened with Damian Lillard and Drew Holiday, they are not taking anybody from Portland. That is not happening in any capacity. So uh, yeah, there was this there was this kind of conclusion that, you know, you hear kind of the talks from Jimmy and the comments from Jimmy this offseason constantly about hinting at Dame. He's over he's over in these other countries, putting doing the Dame time. It was even a thing last night. He was playing tennis and he's like doing the wave and he's like, this is how Dame does it. Like there was always these signs and there's still these signs where they just had this kind of relationship that it felt like he wanted to be here. And Miami felt like always feels like if there's a, a moment where a player says, I want to be in Miami, that they're in, in the running, in the front running. And that obviously didn't play out. They played hardball. They ended up losing it. Uh, but like I said before, as much as I feel like they were going to try and get Damian Lillard, obviously, as we talked about all offseason, they do say they like their team. They believe they like their team. They Tyler Hero, as much as everybody else seems to in the national when talking about his value seems to undervalue him, the Heat do not do that. The Heat know what they have in him, even when they – it doesn't help his case, I'll say, right now, and we're talking about the playoff run was without him. This winning streak, half of it was without him, so that doesn't help his case. But he's been playing really well this year, uh, and they value it, and, and he's a valuable piece of this team. So the Dame stuff, like you said, I feel like I've talked about that guy more than a Miami than anybody on the Miami Heat in the last four months. So <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of happy we're we're done discussing that. I'm not gonna I'm gonna be honest. Well, hopefully, like hopefully for you, I guess that you don't have to. It's not a storyline as it was for the Knicks all year. It's like, oh well, look at Donovan Mitchell as for the yeah. Cavs. <laughs> Probably not because Pat Riley gets more respect and draws all the respect down to Miami alone. And the New York Knicks were at the time look as like, oh, they just fumbled the bag again and all that type mm. of stuff. They were always going to be like, oh, they messed up. They didn't get Donovan Mitchell. So hopefully, we don't got to go through that because that would just be an that would be that would get even more annoying as everyone's got to bring that up. 
But salute to Knicks Nation. Thank you all for tuning in for another Game of the Week preview. We're covering the Knicks facing the Miami Heat. With me on the other side is our guy, Brady Hawk. He covers, he's the lead writer about the Miami Heat for Five Reasons Sports. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share these links. Make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFTV for up to a $100 match. Brady. Now, I know the Dame talks are done. But there's another guy that's out there now that, you know, is not happy in a in another black and red uniform, one Zach Levine. How do you feel about the rumors? Like, I know, like, the Lakers are heavily tied because of the clutch relationship, everything. But Miami is 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 a potential destination for Levine as well. What do you think about the Heat going after someone like him? I don't believe that is going to be something that ends up happening. I don't think it's a realistic target. I think, for one they're obviously not giving up Tyler Hero for Zach Levine. So that's number one. Like the, the, you're obviously now you're forming a package like we've talked about before of other things. And I just don't know if they'll do it. It's similar to me. And this may, I don't know if this is a perfect comparison, but like what the Clippers just did where they kind of just throw players together and say, figure it out. Cause that's essentially what it would be. It would just kind of be throwing a bunch of guys together and saying, figure it out. I don't think they're in that place right now. I don't think they're in a spot right now where they're saying we want to figure it out. Now, if he's still available in February, and Miami goes through some issues and they're having losing streaks instead of this, this current winning streak. And there's a different feeling of the building. Maybe. And maybe you have those hard conversations about one of these guys that we're talking about going, coming off the bench. But as of right now, I just can't see it happening. And then there's all, you mentioned the clutch relationship and linking to the Lakers. If there's anything you know about Miami. They don't really deal with clutch. They don't deal mm. with it often. So I just don't know. I, I, and I don't really know what the fit would really look like. And that's something we talked about a lot is like, how would that even work specifically? If you talk about what Miami needs right now, if there was a positional need, it's point guard. They need kind of point guard depth in general. Uh, and you're adding another score, which is great, but like these guys are getting in the way of each other eventually. So I, I don't think it's the cleanest fit. If you can get it for cheap, I guess they can do it. And I guess they would do it if they can get it for cheap. But in all honesty, I just don't think it's a realistic target. Is Miami that high on Tyler Hero that they just don't really care like about the idea of Zach Levine. Is that it? They believe, I mean, Tyler Hero was in conversations obviously for Damian Lillard because he's Damian Lillard. But when you right. start knocking down tiers, he's not going to be in those conversations. I, 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 they value him not only right now, but when Jimmy Butler is, is gone off this team, it's Tyler mm -hmm. and Bam's team. And that's going to be the way they view it. Unless they have that Damian Lillard type. Uh, to kind of go and grab and, and build with right now. And obviously this is a, a win now window. Like this is their window with Jimmy Butler, but they value him right now in this window, it seems. And that's kind of been the message. It feels like over and over and over. It's Jimmy Bam Tyler. It's Jimmy Bam Tyler. So Zach Levine is not the guy that, that they're going to push a Tyler chip to the, on the table for it. It's going to take a, it's going to take a whale for them to end up doing that. Okay. And so then getting back to, you know, this team needs, you say they need a point guard. Is there a point guard out there that the Heat are looking at? I wouldn't say so. It, it, it's, I think they just need a guy that could just kind of eat minutes a little bit. That's kind mm. of, I, because I, Kyle Lowry's starting, they don't have a backup point guard. The backup point guard is Josh Richardson right now. Mm. Uh, so it's just more so about finding some depth in that area. And ideally we did not expect Kyle Lowry to be starting. And he's actually had a decent run over this last, last bit in terms of just, impacting and getting guys in their spots but it's more so about the long run of just having that availability behind you they've had a guy like the the next game vincent quote unquote that they have is drew smith that i think heat fans are not too fond of a lot of the time he had mm. some run this season 
but that's the point they're at. Like they're running the Drew Smiths of the world in the spot starts and backup point guard reps that I think eventually they're going to have to find somebody on a veteran minimum. Maybe it's somebody on a buyout. Maybe it's a, a Goron Dragic return. I don't know, but it's going to have to be somebody. It feels like eventually. And if there's that guy on the market for a trade, that's not in Portland, <laughs> then I guess they'll, they'll jump on it. Is there any thought about Jovic being a little bit of a playmaker coming off the bench? Oh, for, from a Heat fan perspective, 100%. Now, from a Spo perspective, oof. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> if they're there yet because uh, if you ask any single Heat fan, they want to see Nikola Jovic. They've, we've seen flashes of things that he's been able to do uh, all over the floor in Serbia, in, in preseason, in summer league, and he's played really well. Jimmy Butler is probably his biggest fan. He just went – he's in Chicago. He went all the way to Wisconsin to go watch him play in the G League the other day in, in between days. Mm. Like he, They're just big fans of this kid. Because he's really talented. He just has the pure talent, and he could play point guard. But Spo just hasn't really played him. <laughs> where every time there's an opportunity, we're like, okay, this is the game where he'll get an extended run. He's never really out there. He, he's 20 years old. They're going to take their time with him. They're going to develop him. Uh, the other thing about it is Spo likes to play him more so at center than point guard, which is funny because he's a guy that can play a ton of positions. Mm-hmm. Jimmy even was talking the other night. He's like, he is not a five. He is not a five, but Spo seems to play about the five a lot because he loves small <laughs> ball. But yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, if you ask somebody if, what they would want to do, it would be Jovic as their backup point guard. But I just don't think we're we're there yet as of now. So then the last thing I got to ask before we get into this matchup is what's the expectation for, for the Heat this season? You know, because you did, like, like you just went through the list of losing Struess, losing Gabe Vincent, big reasons why you guys made it to the finals last year because those guys played over their heads. You look for Dame to be that third star to make sure you can get back there and, and potentially win a chip. So is the expectation for this team to get back to the NBA Finals again, the way that they're currently constructed? 100%. That is always going to be their goal, especially when their lead guys, Jimmy Butler, and the fact of he has this cycle, as much as people don't want to hear it, where he just he ramps up in the regular season. There's going to be a random Wednesday night where he does not care about basketball and he does not play. But it's his it's his cycle, and he ramps his way up because when March comes around and the All Star break passes, he turns it up a notch and he hits a different level. So I think when you have that asterisk next to a player, you're always going to have a fighting chance heading into the playoffs. And the way that they're looking right now, it seems like they could potentially, you know, they they're not going to be the record that they were last year, as it seems right now. They're on a much better trajectory. They're probably not going to be fighting at the bottom of the play in uh, ideally, and so they're going to have to get to that point. And if they just have a decent spot in the standings and they have Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler and the way Bam Adebayo was playing, they like their chances. And their goal is always going to be to win a championship and it's going to be nothing less. So we'll see if that's actually realistic. We'll see if that's that, that plays out. Uh, but the, I, I think from a, from a Heat perspective, there's no reason to doubt that game plan in theory after you've seen it kind of play out multiple times. Who to Knicks Nation. We are talking to Brady Hawk. He is the lead Miami Heat writer for Five Reasons Sports. Thank you all for tuning in for this Game of the Week preview where we're previewing the New York Knicks facing the Miami Heat for this in-season tournament on Friday, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share the links to these videos. And since Brady talked about chance, that the Heat are always in that chance, let me talk about chance and talk about our sponsor today, Underdog Fantasy. Okay, make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Guys, it's fantasy sports. If you love having fun and you want to make the game a little bit more interesting as you're watching it along, 
Download the app. It's so easy to use. They got a bunch of categories that you can go look at, whether it be points, rebounds, assists, even field goal attempts sometimes. How many three-pointers are they going to make? Uh, you know, all those stats. Are they going to get to the free throw line? How many free throws are going to knock down? They have so many statistical categories to make the game interesting, and it's easy. You just choose higher or lower based on what they set the what they set the the number to, right? So is it eight and a half rebounds? is let's say Julius Randle would get more than eight and a half rebounds, higher or lower. It's that easy to play. So make sure to download the app Underdog Fantasy and use the promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match. Once again, that is KFTV up to a $100 match. All right. Let's get into the actual matchup now, Brady. We got through the storylines. I got I got through the, the, the pleasantries of figuring out what the Miami Heat are doing so that way we all know and get some insight around the league. Interesting matchup. I think there's a lot on the line for this outside of the in-season tournament. It's revenge for the New York Knicks, okay? Let's just call it plain and simple. First time we're seeing the Heat this season. We remember how that playoff series went. You guys, one and six. We had a magnificent effort by Jalen Brunson to keep the hopefully keep the season alive. Dropped a 40-burger. And unfortunately, it's just one errant pass away from seeing what could have happened. And obviously, other guys not shooting well. But this is rematch, okay? And the big thing in this rematch, the key matchup that I'm looking at is none other than R.J. Barrett going against Green Day's Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry. I just had to say it because that man, the, the hairdo man is just something else. I love it. But look, this is the matchup I'm looking at. You're talking about guys on the wing. R.J. has had a strong start to this season, averaging over 20 points per game. He's been much better, much more efficient when it comes to making kickout passes, driving the lane. Even shooting the three ball, he's shooting over 40% right now. He's one of our top three-point shooters. He looks like he's just cleaned up his shooting mechanics just to be efficient from beyond the arc, which has also helped other guys on this team, Mike Brunson, Randall, and even Mitchell Robinson feast inside the paint. But, of course, on the other side, we were talking about Jimmy Butler, as you already noted, a guy who just knows when to turn it up. doesn't matter what it is. It could be a random Wednesday, as you said. He either does care or he doesn't care. And I feel like he's going to care for this matchup because there's always just a little bit more of just that that edge between the Knicks and the Heat, especially with the history of Pat Riley and the New York Knicks as well. So I'm looking forward to this matchup, and I think Jimmy is going to be looking forward to it as well. I know RJ is going to try to get back in rhythm. He's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start coming back from a migraine issue, but Jimmy, as you know, getting hot, doing Jimmy things. He's going to be a tough cover. I don't think RJ is going to cover him. I think it's going to be a Quentin Grimes assignment, mm -hmm. but this is a guy that you got to stop because – Look, if Jimmy gets going, it's just going to be easy sailing for the Miami Heat. What do you think about that as the key matchup for this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you if you thought he was going to guard Jimmy because I was kind of curious on that matchup because I do believe Jimmy's going to guard him because uh, they have Haywood Highsmith who will probably be the one to guard Jalen Brunson possibly. That'll mm -hmm. be the guy that they'll probably kind of put on him. So Jimmy on RJ makes a lot of sense. Uh, if he's going to be off ball, Jimmy likes to be off ball. Uh a ton because he likes to cover ground in that area. And obviously there's not going to probably be as much helping off of as we're used to maybe in the playoffs with the way that you mentioned RJ shooting. Uh, so they're definitely going to be worried about that in, in certain ways. Uh, the interesting part will be how they deal with Julius Randle in, in Mitchell Robinson and not to sway off from your matchup, but I just wanted to say that, that, you know, they have, we've seen a lot of Randall versus Bam, but obviously Bam is going to have to guard Mitchell Robinson. There's no right. Kevin love possibly because he's not playing tonight. We'll see what that is, but he's not starting anyway. Uh, and if you're able to now put Haywood Highsmith on Brunson, you're 
you're essentially having to put a guard on one of your bigs. So they, they have to kind of mix up matchups. And we've seen that in the playoffs. That's why I always like this matchup in general. Uh, because as you mentioned before with the Spoke question, like I, when he was putting Gabe on uh, RJ or they were switching up those matchups kind of over and over in the playoffs, like they kept doing that. So 100% the Jimmy versus RJ thing should be interesting. It feels like whoever can get to their uh, pull-ups and get to the rim a little bit more often against drop uh, will be a key because look, we know Miami's going to be facing drop with this New York team, but this New York team is going to be facing a little bit of drop against this Miami team because they've been playing a lot more drop with BAM. They've been kind of giving up those type of shots uh, in the middle of the lane. So now I could see a scenario where RJ starts getting to that floater. We're getting to that deep little pull-up or floater and kind of giving them a little bit of trouble. So I could definitely see that kind of kind of coming in a little bit. So we'll see what happens with that matchup specifically. Uh, but Brunson, I keep thinking back to that playoff run, and you mentioned it before. Uh <laughs> He's, he's a tough cover, man. Like just watching that, like specifically with all the matchups and the th- things they threw at him. I know Spo has like a tremendous amount of respect for Jalen Brunson. Like he was a as tough of a cover as it, as it was in the playoffs for them. Like they faced a lot of real good guys and he was just throwing the house at him and he, they couldn't really do anything with it. They threw different matchups and coverages. So I'm interested to see how they deal with that in it with a kind of a different roster because they have Look, th- this Heat team actually has better defensive pieces than they did last year. They're a much better defensive hmm. team uh, with sp- individuals. So, I-, I mean, I'm interested to see what matchups they actually like with this roster specifically. See, and you mentioned, and this is the thing, like, there's so many guys who are listed, like, you have Bam, who's listed as day-to-day. You have Tyler Hero, who's out. You got mm-hmm. Kevin Love, who's out tonight. I mean, Friday, everything could completely change if yeah. everyone's fully healthy and whatnot, but... I was I agree with you about the Bam and Mitch thing. That was my second option for the key matchup of the game, just because mm-hmm. you mentioned it's usually been a Bam and Randall thing. But there's, I look at this lineup and Bam is the tallest guy out there, which he's not even like the traditional height for a center, but he's just so good defensively that you can make that work as him being your center. Um, are you sh- like I just gotta ask you the question because if you think Highsmith's going to be on Brunson. <laughs> You know, you got Kyle Lowry out there. You got Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson. Like, who's yeah. guarding Randall then? That that seems like no. You're right. That's when you when I started going through it a little bit. I think it might have to be Haywood on Randall. Yeah, would have to probably saying. be the case. But I'm telling in different portions of the game, it might not be to start. And I hate when we you know we all everybody always does this where we talk about like matchups only to start the game. Like nothing right. ever is going to change with lineups. <laughs> That's just always the case. But. uh Haywood's definitely going to get minutes on Brunson because I think they definitely want to see that specifically because we, you know, he was not a, a valuable rotation player in the playoff series. We didn't see a lot of that at all. So uh, I'm interested in that matchup specifically. Haywood's strong, but it's a different matchup with Randall because Randall's physical with his drives. Uh, Haywood doesn't foul a lot, but I think that that actually will be a fun matchup in general. So I guess that's what leaves the question is now you're probably putting Kyle potentially on Brunson. So that's where things could become problematic or they could do the thing that they did in the playoffs where we were just talking about. It's like when we said Gabe on RJ, they do Kyle on RJ and try to just kind of mix things up, put Jimmy on Brunson because Jimmy's been doing this thing too, this season where he's just guarding every team's best player. And I don't know what you characterize that as for this team, but it's just so it's just the fact that he's been taking on that matchup much more often as in past years. Yes. He's always been a top defender. But a lot of times he likes to play off the ball, like I was mentioning before, and he likes to hit the passing lanes. Now he's just straight up guarding a lot of teams' best players. So I'm interested to see how they mix it up. They could kind of do different things. And another matchup to watch is uh, Josh Richardson off the bench. I think they'd probably try to glue to, to Brunson as much as possible in those bench lines mm. if he's if Brunson's running with those bench lines. So that's another thing to kind of watch for. And he is. He is running with the bench lines as well. So I would be uh... – 
you know, it's for spurts. It's not like extended minute. It's not for a really long extended minutes, but the, the combo that they do like to run out there uh, is Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo. And even sometimes quickly as a three, the trio on the, on the perimeter with Josh Hart playing the four. And then you have Isaiah Hartenstein or Mitchell Robinson at the five. This, this matchup to me, like when I was going through your depth chart, I'm like, I'm like trying to figure out, I'm like, who's Brady going to come at me with to say, this is who's going to be guarding Brunson. Cause like in the playoffs, we did see, we saw, Butler on Brunson for at times yeah. too. You know, it was really Gabe that was at at the top guarding Brunson, and that that was fine because he could legit give his entire effort to trying to guard Brunson. And offensively, you were fine with everybody else, especially with Caleb Martin as somebody who was hot during the yeah. playoffs too. But for Mitch, man, I want to know. Mitch has been good. I got I got to talk about the Mitch and Bam matchup for for a minute because Mitch has been on another level this year. Honestly, it's it's just. Very different. This is a guy who, you know, every time in the prior years would hit the deck and I'm like holding my breath to make sure he doesn't hurt himself. This year he's coming in better physical shape. He is, you know, leading the league in offensive rebounds. One of the best rebounders so far, just in general in this league. And then his defensive awareness and his, his patience, his adaptability to guard in the pick and roll. He's been really good. What do you think about that matchup with Bam and Mitch? And, I'm interested to see how Mitch covers Bam because Mitch has yeah. a tough time with guys who can shoot the three, but Bam is, I don't know if Bam has really improved his three point shooting. I haven't tuned into a lot of heat yet this season, but I know he's a mid range guy and he can really extend the floor that way. And this will be an interesting matchup for Mitch because it's not that far from the rim. So Mitch can still use his lane to guard somebody like Bam. So that's, that's where I'm going at for, for this matchup. So number one, when I was saying Bam is in drop more, I feel like, that's going to be a different look, I guess, for Bam and Mitchell Robinson because there's these opportunities over the top, kind of getting behind Bam. And obviously, Bam is an all-world defender, and he could try to you know make a play on the ball and the roller. But if he can get behind, and we've seen that a couple times this year on, with kind of those lob threats, I feel like Mitchell Robinson could have a good amount of those lobs over the top. And the other thing, you mentioned the offensive rebounding part of it. That is the tricky part for Spo because – they go zone so often. And the, one of the hardest things to do is rebound in a zone because you just don't have that guy. You just find box out and go up and get it. So it's tough to play zone against a Mitchell Robinson type player because they just, they're so able to kind of hit these gaps and get those offensive rebounds. So that's something I'm looking for. And then defensively for Mitchell Robinson, that'll be the question. It's kind of how he defends. I expect him to defend higher to the screen just because try to make him bam uncomfortable at those elbow spots and not playing deep drop because you mentioned the three-point shot that's not been a part of bam's game he's taken like maybe one or two this season it's not really something he's going to but his mid-range play has been incredible like bam has been so comfortable with this jumper this year uh it started obviously last year but this year he's kind of having new counters able to get to different pull-ups and turnarounds taking tough shots but I think the big thing is I think teams you're, I've been noticing in the scouting report is they're just they're not allowing him to get as comfortable on his catches. Like they're not letting him just easily just get that shot and take it every time. They're kind of just containing him a little more, being a little more handsy, kind of kind of hand checking a little bit, trying to get him off his spots and try to see how he reacts. So Mitchell Robinson's a guy that they're going to potentially throw that at. Like they're going to try to utilize in that way, I would expect, uh, and try to throw him off those spots. But definitely a fun matchup because it's like it's too – different type of players like even defensively they're they're different players offensively they're obviously different players so it's always like fun to kind of see the counters that they throw at each other and that's kind of what i expect salute to Knicks nation once again 
I'm your host, Alshon Terrace, a.k.a. the Tradicaster. With me on the other side is Brady Hawk. We are previewing the Knicks versus the Miami Heat this Friday for the in-season tournament. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys and make sure to share these links. All right. I have to I have to ask you about this, Brady, because you brought it up and I had this written down too. He played a lot of zone against the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And with the Knicks being a top three-point shooting team to start the season so far, is that something that you still expect the Heat to run out and to add on to that, like with the height difference that you have, like, is that even something that they should be going to? That's a battle. I feel like we've been discussing a lot this season, especially late in games, because it's like, it's tough when you're just playing a team that's shooting well and you're just allowing them to get kind of those easy shots. And New York's a team that could potentially do that, especially with those closing lineups, they can get hot. Uh, But I don't know if it, it sounds weird, but it's Miami doesn't always run the zone for the other team they sometimes run it for themselves just because they feel comfortable in it and it's kind of Mm. their base where they like certain lineups to be in a press they want that you to run your first action with 15 seconds left in the shot clock like there's certain reasons where they'll live with the fact that maybe you're shooting well and you might get a good three out of it or a slightly contested three out of it but they like what they're providing and it feels like specifically they run most of it with the bench lineups and they did a lot of that even with the playoffs i feel like a lot of those bench lineups were kind of the ones in the zone but their bench lineup has a lot of good perimeter defenders. So they just kind of like to move them all over the place in that zone. So as much as even when on paper, it's that we, we say to ourselves, this is a matchup. They probably aren't running as much zone. That usually means they're running more zone than never. <laughs> like Spose just does that. <laughs> like they just, he doesn't really care about those type of numbers and everything. So New York's have an opportunity. Like every team has an opportunity when they run to zone to kind of exploit it. Randall's a tough cover against zone because he once if you send Randall the middle of the floor, he could break that. Like that's an easy type of player build to kind of break a zone, send him to that free throw line. He can play, make, get the ball over the top to the corners. He can make a play in isolation uh, in the middle of the floor. He can hit that shot potentially. So Randall's like the kind of the prototypical player that potentially do that. But I, I don't think Miami's going to shy away from it. I still think they're going to run it in, in times uh, and try to just force turnovers as much as possible. Cause that's obviously what this team thrives off of. And for me, the thing I ask about the zone is because, as I mentioned, the Knicks are are one of the top three-point shooting teams right now. They're 10th in the league right now. They're shooting 37%. They have high volume. They have high makes. So it's not like – it's not low volume low, like on great efficiency. It's high volume on great efficiency right now to start. And the thing is that they've done it against weak def- defenses, right? They've played against – they've won against Atlanta. They've won against the Hornets. They've won against uh, – uh, who else? Wizards. Clippers were a mess when they start when they played them too. But I want to see this against a good defensive team and plays if they, that plays zone because that's kind of, that's been the Achilles heel for the New York Knicks for the past couple of seasons is that they aren't the greatest three point shooting team and I want to see how legit this is and if they can do that and attack Miami from this angle then I would have more confidence going to the regular season that oh okay we actually not only has you know Brunson who's been shooting phenomenally from downtown but RJ's actually legit Dante's a good three point shooter that the team has added. I want to see Grimes get back into there. We know about quickly too, and we're going to get into quickly in the bench next. But that's that's for me a reason why I want to see this drop coverage against the Knicks to see how legitimate is the Knicks three-point shooting this season. But getting to the bench now, it's Emmanuel quickly in the New York in the Knicks bench, that second unit. And for the Miami Heat second unit, give me a little insight about, about them, Brady. Like who's running the second unit? Is it Josh Richardson? Like what's what's been the their success so far? Yes, yeah, so they've run these different lineups with either Jimmy or Bam. There, there's It's going to be a little different because there's no Kevin Love. So they've been running Kevin Love at the back of five uh, for the last 
couple weeks, two weeks or so, where they've kind of found this this type of valve, a little bit of a different look offensively, a guy that could stretch the floor a little bit. So he's not uh, probably – he might be playing. We'll see. I'm not even going to project lineups. I know it's personal reasons tonight, so he may be back. If he is back, he's probably going to be their backup five. Uh, but the other part of it is Josh Richardson obviously running their their kind of sets in terms of just getting the ball to Bam and kind of going away. But Jaime Hawkes, I mentioned him before, he's been a hub of their bench unit. Like he's been a guy that they run stuff through – uh, Duncan Robinson's obviously starting right now, but he's when Tyler Hero returns, he's going to be a part of this this bench lineup. And Tyler's not going to be back Friday. I would not expect. I think earliest would maybe be next Tuesday. So I think mm. we're not looking at Tyler in this matchup specifically. So uh, it's probably going to be Josh, Jaime, Caleb, and Love. I would expect to be the four bench guys, and and that's why I was talking about defensively before. Uh, Josh, Jaime, and Caleb are the perfect team kind of lineup to run the press and zone with they just love to run all over the floor and kind of cover in that way so Jaime in the mid post is kind of his thing in terms of hunting mismatches something they're going to probably do a lot of in this matchup as well and Caleb Martin's a guy that's really is he's not looking right now as you probably since the last time you've seen him <laughs> because uh he's been injured he's trying to get kind of get his his legs underneath him he has not been healthy so right now he's not playing at that similar level, but he's still defending. He's still kind of doing his thing and trying to find a rhythm. So that's something to look out for. Behind me is kind of the big thing. And I think he's going to be the mm-hmm. guy that could seriously kind of catch people off guard in a way because he's still, you know, his scouting report is not huge. Like he does not have a lot of film under his belt. He does not have a lot of things to go, you know, try to figure out his game. He's a guy that hunts mismatches. He can get to the basket. He, If you're not looking at him off the ball, he's probably going to get behind you and get to the basket for an open layup. Like he's just a very smart player. So that's kind of been their, their go-to in those bench lineups. And then obviously similar to the Knicks, when you were talking about Brunson in those lineups, they just kind of switch it out with Jimmy or Bam and kind of run different sets around them. So it'll be interesting because as we saw last year, the Knicks, obviously they're one of their biggest things last year was this bench. That was kind of the big thing. So the Knicks offense on that bench versus the Miami's defense off the bench is kind of going to probably be the matchup of the game. It feels like in a lot of ways. I think so too. And you know, the main guy who really runs with the second unit is RJ Barrett. That's like, it's between him and quickly who run most of the time with the second unit. I, they've done so more so with Brunson because RJ missed some time due to the migraine last week, but he still gets like some run. Like I said, it's not, it's not heavy minutes with the second unit, but he does get some run as like they transition as they usually transition back to that starting rotation. But if you're talking about Jaime, I'm looking at – so is he? he's the four? Like, what, what position is he playing? Because he seems like he's very switchable because he's a 6'6 six, six player. Yeah, he, he is. I would say he's a 3-4, I would say, in a lot of those lineups, depending on what you characterize Caleb as. So it, this is why I suppose his position list, because I don't know who is ever a 2-3-4. It feels like they're just guys. So I'm curious to see who would you think would, would be his cover. Uh, with the second unit, it would have to either be RJ or Josh Hart. And if it's yeah. – it might be Josh Hart. That's um, probably realistic. I think I think it'd be Josh Hart just because they want RJ to focus more on offense with that second unit. Because mm-hmm. what Randall does for the starters, as as a, as a guy who gets downhill to open up for everybody else, that's what RJ does with that second unit. Right. So I would expect him. I'd expect RJ to guard somebody else, unless you got Jimmy out there. Then I think we're gonna see Josh Hart on Jimmy, and then you'd see RJ on uh, on Jaime. But it's gonna be interesting. This matchup is. I'm looking forward to this matchup, man. This could be fun. Yeah. Like. This, I feel like the, these. It's just they're similar. These two teams are on like similar trajectories, like almost like Knicks are just trying to reassure themselves that they are a legitimate team. They're going to make the playoffs, and that they're the same team that was last year that took the NBA by surprise. Miami, they're trying to show off like, hey, doesn't matter who we lose, we're that team. 
And I think for both, like they've, they got winning records, but they haven't had that real statement win yet, in my opinion. So I think this is where this matchup is really coming ahead to being that, you know, it's going to be that match. It's going to be, it's going to be a grueling match. I'm looking forward to it on Friday, but Brady, before we get you out of here, I got to ask you the last question. Uh, what's your prediction for this game? Oof. Is it going to be a high scoring game or is it going to be a low scoring game? Probably low scoring. I would probably bet that is going to be the case. It feels like Heat Knicks is always a dog fight no matter what it is. I mean, look, they had a lot of good, as much as we talk about the playoffs that they played each other, there was a lot of fun regular season games between them last year. Like there was the, oh, yeah. Randall, the Randall game winner. Uh, we saw that one <laughs> live. There was the, uh, I remember the Jimmy, the big Jimmy game toward the end of the season in, mm-hmm. in Miami. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't even remember the others, but there was a lot of just big games. It feels like in the regular season and, uh, I don't know. It feels like both these teams are just in for just an absolute dog fight per usual, whether it's going to be a three point game with, with 58 seconds to go. That just kind of yes. feels like my prediction is always going to be the case with, with this matchup. So it'll, it, it should be fun. Uh, it always seems like it's depending on the game you're going to get is depending on what Jimmy looks like in the first four minutes. And then you'll kind of see and get in vibe and kind of get the vibe off that because not only for Miami side, the Knicks could feed off that as well <laughs> because if Jimmy starts getting in that flow, that we've seen in certain games and in season turn, obviously it's an in season tournament game. The Knicks could obviously get that energy and bounce off that as well. So that's kind of what, what heats up the matchup in general. So this feels like a low scoring game to me. It feels like a, what do you, well, I don't even know what low scoring is anymore in this, in today's NBA, but it's probably like a, a flirting around a hundred, which is low scoring now technically. So <laughs> we'll see, but, but I, that's kind of what I imagine. I feel the same way. I think it's, look, I remember last season where you had the Randall buzzer beater, you had Jimmy going off, you also had that uh, the Knicks won it, but it was Tyler Hero who had like right. a very clean look from yeah. the corner. I think it was like the left corner for a three. And it's like these games always come down to the last second. So I'm mm-hmm. with you. It's going to come down to the last second, These this this type of matchup. Um, I'm going to make it a little bit more fun. I think it's going to be in the 90s, man. I think it's going to be like nine. I think okay. it's going to be a real low scoring game. Okay. I think it's going to be a slug fest. That's mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. Brady, thank you for coming on the show and breaking this game down with me. Please let our listeners know where they can find you. If you got any upcoming work, we should be on the lookout for. Uh, at BradyHawk305 on Twitter uh, and social medias and five on the floor podcast. That's pretty much it. There you go. Brady, thank you again for coming on and helping me preview this game. And Knicks Nation, thank you all for tuning in for a live Game of the Week preview. We got the New York Knicks facing the Miami Heat, like I said. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share these links to all the videos. And hey, tell a friend to tell a friend, tell your family members, tell your dog, tell your pets to go sign up for this show uh, on YouTube. And look, if you can't catch us live, you can always find us on any audio streaming platform, whether it be Apple, Spotify, you name it. We're all over the place. Make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code to KFTV to get up to a $100 match. Make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. We got a lot of great content over there, a lot of great writers. So make sure to go support the website as well. And hey, happy Thanksgiving to all of you, to everyone out there. If we don't, if we don't, if, uh, you know, we don't catch it later for today for any whatever, maybe breaking news. I don't know if anything's going to happen, but happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holidays with your family members and your friends. And last and uh, last and certainly not least, let's go next. All right, everyone. We out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.